Hello and a very warm welcome to Rising Stars. I'm Vikramoza. In the many businesses that we feature here on the show, most often we seek out the novelty of the concept that runs the business and shows up the promise that it holds for growth in the future. But there are businesses out there that are spin-offs of family businesses that are still startups and many of them are still bootstrapped. One of them is Skin Yoga that makes uh, skincare products for uh, both men and women since the year 2013. It's run by three sisters and joining us is one third of that trio, Jagruti Chaudhwesia, co-founder. Uh, great to have you with us, uh, Jagruti. It's lovely to be here. Yes, Jagruti, you do tell us. You make face, body, gift products which are uh, all branded under Skin Yoga. Tell me about the need gap that you were trying to fill when you set this up in 2013 because I know that it's an extension of a family-run business but skincare wasn't part of what uh, you guys do back in the family business, right? Absolutely. Uh, so the need that we at Skin Yoga are trying to meet is creating 100% natural. Not 99%, not 98%, but 100% natural skincare line that can be used by everybody in the family mm -hmm. from a toddler to an adult. Um, and over time, people have realized the harmful effects of chemicals and uh, what cancer is and, you know, how it is caused uh, by using chemical-based products. Right. And uh, we see a huge gap in the market, even today, mm -hmm. because the term natural is very vaguely defined. So with the help of Skin Yoga, we are bringing to you um, very simple formulated uh, skincare products. <laughs> but these products aren't what you are going to eat, right? Uh, it's not something that you'd want to kind of market yourself on or is it something that you have done and I want to understand the market because in India uh, when you kind of talk about natural it's very different from marketing it elsewhere and I know that you're present in 29 countries already so tell me about how you're catering to the different markets and how they perceive the term natural. Absolutely so the uh, term natural by law is very vague as I said uh, if you just use three percent ingredients in your products and the rest, 97% can be all chemicals or preservatives, you can still call your products natural. Uh, that's in some countries. In other countries, if you're 90% natural, you can still call it natural. Uh, in India, it's something like that. You can just put few ingredients natural and it's still natural. Yes. Um, so that is the um, education that we're trying to provide uh, to the customers worldwide by terming Kin Yoga as not just natural, but 100% natural and that's why we emphasize that you can eat the product mm -hmm. because if it was not safe to eat it, it wouldn't be 100% natural. It would be not good enough uh, for you to put absolutely. on your we uh, absolutely face believe or your that. body. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that's one part of it. Uh, do tell me about the business model and uh, where uh, you find yourself four years into uh, starting it. Sure. So um, uh, there are two models that we follow. One is a manufacturing model mm -hmm. uh, where we uh, manufacture the product from the start till the end. Uh, we procure the ingredients from the place of origin, uh, we manufacture it and then we sell it to wholesalers and retailers worldwide right. and distributors as well, uh, regional distributors. The second model is the e-commerce model which we cannot um, skip. <laughs> so through uh, marketplaces and yeah. our own website, we uh, provide the products and uh, sell it on commission basis. Right. So which one, is it the manufacturing business that does better for you? the online sales model, and I know that you're uh, available in select uh, boutiques as well. Yes. So that's part of the growth process, I would imagine. So what is working for you right now, uh, based on which uh, you're likely to see more growth in the future? Absolutely. So the highest profit-based uh, uh, model is the B2C, where we sell the products directly to customers through our website, mm -hmm. because that's where we book the maximum margin per product. Yes. But the highest... Uh, uh, 
profitable in terms of volume has been uh, tying up with large U.S. retailers. Mm -hmm. That has been a strategy because, you know, volume-driven growth is a very important part of any business. Right. As is uh, the higher margin kind of uh, the luxury uh, market typically works on a higher margin uh, model. Uh, to that extent, how do you see the company growing? Do you see these two growing parallelly? Uh, Personally, for us, because we are still a new company uh, in the market, people need to know about the brand and they need to experience the brand. It has worked really well for us because we started off exporting to the North American and the Western European countries where people already knew about natural skincare. Mm -hmm. So the penetration was faster as uh, compared to the Indian penetration where we still need to educate our customers about choosing the right product. Right. So. Um, Exports has worked really well for us. Correct. So exports are big in which parts of the world? Because I know the American market is doing very well for you, isn't it? Yes. So uh, America and the Middle East. Marketing-wise, sampling is the biggest uh, marketing play that you've had. Yes. Uh, is that the only route that you want to stick to? Uh, no, absolutely not. So we are on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and through our own website in India. And it's all organic growth. So we haven't really pumped in money to get our, uh, you know, uh, followers uh, mm -hmm. on the portal. And also, why have you uh, waited this long to kind of go bigger on India and uh, the BRIC nations? I'm just wondering, is it because uh, you know mother's recipes are so strong? Home remedies are always offered when it comes to skincare as well. And that's something that you bring into the table, except that your formulations are from the U.S. and uh, the packaging would be that much more global. Uh, so, our, uh, honestly, the uh, true reason was because we were creating a high-quality uh, product with very um, uh, extraordinary in ingredients that people in the West already understand. Mm -hmm. uh, and that I'm talking about the majority. In India, we understand it a lot, but here I'm talking about the market and being a startup, when you know that your products are uh, going to do in certain markets, you want to be safer and say that, okay, you know what, let me see how the products are uh, doing in the markets that people already understand the products in. Mm -hmm. So that's when we introduced the market and then realizing that India is picking up in terms of the trends and their preferences is shifting. And India being the biggest market and, the, and globally the companies want to enter India. But what about the demographics? Is it uh, remarkably different, the kind of uh, audience that you cater to, say, in the United States as opposed to the market in India or the other uh, countries that you would like to be present in? Uh, so the market in India specifically, it's very niche market. Here people are using high-end uh, products which are marketed globally and uh, are owned and run by the big uh, four or five brands in the world. Yes. So they are very comfortable spending their money on those brands. Yes. Uh, but gradually they are learning about uh, other new brands and that those are our customers in India. Versus in the U.S., uh, it comprises of all the people uh, because our products in the U.S. are not as expensive as other products. So we are still in the mid-range. I see. So then uh, the positioning of it becomes very important. Yes. Uh, the niche quality of uh, the product range that you bring to the table, the aspirational value of it all needs to be built up differently in different markets. Uh, yes. I'm just wondering, how are you going to keep your cost low? Because all the raw materials that you're talking about, a lot of them come from India. Yes. But also the formulations are being done uh, in India and raw material costs typically tend uh, to go up by way of pricing. Yes. Um, you have a manufacturing unit in Gujarat as well, I understand. Yes. Uh, and that would have taken a considerable amount of capital expense. So tell me about uh, the kind of uh, expenses that you've already incurred. I know you've been bootstrapped for the last four years, but tell me about the overall picture when it comes to really keeping this entire enterprise, an expensive enterprise, to keep it going. 
Uh, sure. So I'll tell you about the costing of how the products would work. So purchases are about 37.5%. Mm -hmm. uh, that includes the raw ingredients and stuff. Then we have the marketing and the wages. Uh, each are about 11, 11.5% each. Mm -hmm. uh, rent and utilities are about 5%. So these are the major costs. Um, right. And other expenses are about R&D. Uh, etc. So mm -hmm. that happens as and when we decide to introduce a new product. Right. Uh, because we are internally funded, um, you know, and... And that uh, really helps, doesn't it? Absolutely, because... It's a family-run business. It kind and of... And the family is running business in uh, coal, I understand? Yes, petroleum, yes. coke and real estate, but that's a separate uh, That's part. That's completely different yes, from what you're doing. Yes. So we three sisters decided to uh, focus on skin yoga as our uh, business. Mm -hmm. And uh, from the very beginning, we decided to be completely bootstrapped and debt-free because um, that's what we learned from our parents. I see. And uh, even in business school, that's what um, I was taught. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I took back home uh, because it's very easy to spend somebody else's money <laughs> versus when it comes to spending your own money. And also, you don't want to dilute your stake too early. Uh, that's not... That was not a question. It was about, am I comfortable spending my own money into doing this? Mm -hmm. If that made sense, then we would. Right. So for us, it makes sense into investing in R&D uh, versus um, having a celebrity endorse our products right. and paying for that. Right. Yeah. So what's the outlook now? Um, how are you planning to grow the business, considering that you're four years into it uh, with newer markets? How do you uh, plan to kind of market yourself uh, differently? Because I imagine that you would need to kind of uh, go a little bigger on marketing spends? Sure. So in the next two years, uh, we are planning to strengthen our existing markets uh, globally as well as um, work more on India. After that, we want to go more aggressive uh, for the next three years mm -hmm. uh, into marketing and really uh, get more uh, customers mm -hmm. into. So by 2022, uh, we are hoping we'll be, we will make it um, you know, very known in the skincare industry, even in India. Mm -hmm. And also the growth in the uh, global skincare and cosmetic market, as I understand stand is uh, projected to reach about $328 billion. How much is going to be your share in it, Jabri? I, I hope all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope so too for your sake, but the profit margins are looking good right now and the turnover how has it been so far? Uh, so we net profits are about eight and a half uh, to ten percent, and whereas gross margins are around between forty and fifty percent. That's fantastic, and we hope you can sustain that and grow that very quickly too. Thank you. Um, because an Indian brand in, in the entire luxury space is going to be uh, very welcome. But of course, we know there are brands out there like the Forest Essentials, etc., who are making their mark and who are. Uh, deriving uh, that opportunity from uh, the global need for natural products as well. Great luck going ahead, Jagruti. Great to have you with us. Thank you. It was lovely having you.